The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, and welcome to today's Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. My name is Maureen Metcalf, and today we'll be talking to Cindy Wigglesworth, the author of SQ21, The 21 Skills of Spiritual Intelligence, which is now a best-selling book. Cindy's the president of Deep Change, the firm that developed the SQ21 assessment. Uh, Her assessment is uh, making a great contribution in moving spiritual intelligence into the mainstream conversation like Daniel Goleman did with emotional intelligence. And she's been endorsed by people like John Mackey from Whole Foods. So getting a lot of visibility and credibility for her work. I selected Cindy as the guest because, one, I respect her personally, uh, respect her as a thought leader. I've heard her interview before, and she's, she's really good. And I like the SQ21 tool to bring spirituality and leadership together in a practical and quantifiable framework that's denomination agnostic, and especially in the world that we're living in today, where we have uh, violence based on religion, I think it's really important that we are both able to own our religion and respect folks from other denominations in a way that is welcoming and affirming of them and still allows us to maintain our commitment to our own religion. So today, Cindy's going to talk about her foundational view on different intelligences, spirituality, and the spiritual intelligence framework. She gives great insight into the multiple intelligences, how they impact development overall, which is a link to the Leadership 2050 that we talk about often, and then how we transition from emotional intelligence to spiritual intelligence as a building block framework. Cindy has a BA and an MA from Duke. She's got 20 years of experience at ExxonMobil in HR management and founded Conscious Pursuits in 2000. So the goal of the Voice America show, and specifically the Thought Leadership Series that that, uh, Cindy is part of, is to help leaders gather information from the most current thought leaders. Most of us as leaders don't have a lot of time to research and sift through what's relevant and what's not relevant because we're so focused on getting the work done. So I take it as my job to work with and do that research, work with top thought leaders, and bring their information to you as our listeners in a way that is as practical and digestible as possible. So the reason we call this show Innovative Leadership is the idea that 
each of us needs to innovate how we lead or our leadership algorithm at the same rate as the products we're, we're developing, the services we're providing, and the world in which we live. And uh, we've seen recently an uptick in terrorism and dramatic change based on technology. Some of this is, provides amazing solutions to the problems that we saw as, as potentially not solvable even a decade ago. And yet the flip side is we're seeing dangers that we also didn't imagine. So as, as leaders, the question is how do we navigate smartly through the complexity that we're facing so that, that the organizations and the people we serve end up having solid leaders to follow and directions that are compassionate and wise. And Cindy will talk about compassionate and wisdom as we go forward. So many of us have been talking about multiple intelligences for years. We talk about physical intelligence for athletes, IQ, we all know, and emotional intelligence. It's time to add spiritual intelligence to the conversation. And my goal today is that you develop a basic understanding of spiritual intelligence and how it might be used to help you become a more effective leader. So now let's uh, move over to Cindy. And if you could give us a little bit of your background and then let's start talking about multiple intelligences. Sure. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Maureen. My interest in the field of multiple intelligences, you know, it's like how do you trace things back? But in a sense, it began when I was expatriated with my family as a child. I was six years old, and we were assigned to live in India. And I was at that time first really confronted with the world's a very diverse place. There is a tremendous amount of religious diversity, ethnic and racial and cultural diversity, and tremendous diversity in terms of how people live. I was very confronted by the poverty that I saw and the suffering that I saw. And in a way, that set me off on a quest to figure out what is a good human life? What does virtue mean in the face of all this complexity? How can I make a difference? How can I be a good person? So those questions became formative, although I couldn't have put the language to them at that time. And I really started wondering, where's the roadmap to help me become the noblest person I could imagine being? And as I worked my way through this process of, you know, I'm kind of a hyper-educated person, you know, it's like I'm going to read everything. So, you know, I'm reading philosophy and psychology and, you know, spirituality and looking for the roadmap. Surely somebody has written it down, like how do you grow up to be a virtuous, noble, highly contributing person in the world? And I realized that pieces of it resided all over the place, but there was not a cohesive framework for how to become the person I wanted to be. When I got exposed to the field of multiple intelligences, I felt like something went, aha, and it clicked in my brain. Here is a way that we could talk about this topic, which at that time I was thinking about spirituality and leadership, spirituality in the workplace. How do we even talk about this in a way that's diversity appropriate? And... When I saw Daniel Goleman's work, I thought, well, somebody has to be doing an equivalent skills-based approach around spirituality. Could not find that person, realized that nobody was doing what I felt was the next logical step 
in this field of multiple intelligences. And eventually the idea just wouldn't leave me alone. And so I quit Exxon to do this work back in 2000 and create a skills-based, faith-neutral, diversity-appropriate approach, something that could be used in your personal life as a framework and something that could be used inside of a corporate setting without creating a lot of diversity issues. I love the idea, and you and I have talked about this. It maps to the developmental framework. It's Mm skills-based. So especially in the space of spirituality, it easily moves into subjective, and some would say even Mm woo-woo, and some of it is. Um, And yet you've taken spirituality and built on emotional intelligence and created hardcore competencies and a framework that we can measure, which for people like me, it really resonates. It takes it out of the ether and makes it practical, which is what I heard you say. You were looking for something that was practical and applicable, especially in a business construct coming out of ExxonMobil. I can't imagine they would be delighted about woo-woo kind of stuff. No, and you know, I I fit well in the ExxonMobil culture because I'm a thinking style person from a Myers-Briggs standpoint. I'm highly logical, I'm pragmatic, and yet at the same time, I'm a human being. I have a soul, I have aspirations, I have a desire to be the best that I can be. And the word soul has many synonyms. It doesn't have to have a religious connotation but that sense that there's a larger, higher, nobler self wanting to express itself, I was wanting my life to be more than about my job or my paycheck, about making a difference and being the best person that I could be. So I was very sensitive to the fact that this couldn't be woo-woo because of its immediate connotation. As soon as you use the word spiritual, people are assuming that you're either going to start preaching to them about religion or that you're going to go all, you know, sort of wafting, new age, tree-hugging weird on them, and either way, they're going to run away. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, how do I tackle this topic? So many people said, don't call it spiritual intelligence. That's like the worst label ever. Don't put that on there. But I could not find a better adjective that didn't feel like I really wasn't being honest about this hunger that is in the human heart for this larger something, whatever it is, this uh, I call spirituality the innate human need to be connected to something larger than ourselves, something that we consider to be noble, sacred, and some people might use the word divine, other people wouldn't. But, you know, I, I finally decided it needed to be called spiritual because there is that aspect of humanity, and we just need to find a pragmatic way to deal with it. And so what I hear you saying, and then we'll go into what are the the four intelligences, what I hear you saying is that we all have it. It's Mm -hmm. innate. Yes, it's innate. And I, I kind of go back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where he talks about our survival needs being the bottom of the pyramid, and then relationship needs and self actualization came at the top of his original pyramid. But what he found as he continued his research is there was a stage of adult development, and what he was looking at were the healthiest people, not people mm-hmm. with problems, but people who were really like being full and rich and admirable and exemplary as human beings. There was a level beyond self-actualization, which he called the self-transcenders. And these people, 
in a sense, had gone beyond the small ego, the sense of being all about me, to being of service to something larger than themselves. He believed these levels of development were innate, innate to all of us, but that we would have to satisfy our lower-level needs for some of these higher-level needs to be allowed to develop. Since uh, Maslow, we've developed a more sophisticated methodology of charting the adult development process, but nonetheless, he was really on to something, and that innate word really stuck with me, and so that's why I use that in my definition of spirituality. It's an innate human need to be connected to something larger than ourselves. And that's a great place to then move into the the multiple intelligences. And just to reiterate, because it's so easy in our um, very charged environment recently to think of my religion or your religion being above others, and that causes many people to behave in ways that are less than supportive. And yet the idea that every single person on the planet has this innate connection to spirit. Some people express it differently, and and some people truthfully express it in a manner that's not healthy. And yet we all have that capacity to be loving and to respond to to our highest potential. Yes, and and so in in the world that I work in, when I talk about spiritual intelligence, you can think about people having sort of three ways of looking at this topic. You have people who would call themselves religious and spiritual. You would call them, there's people who call themselves secular, atheist, agnostic, and then you have another group of people who call themselves spiritual but not religious. My effort is to speak to the healthy aspects of those three different groupings of people. Now, there are unhealthy or closed or mean-spirited aspects of each of those three categories, but there are open-hearted and loving aspects of people in those three categories. And I am interested in speaking to those people who want to develop the skills of love. That's essentially what SQ is about. So can you walk us through quickly, what are the four intelligences, and how do they build on one another? Yes, um, there are many intelligences in the field of multiple intelligence, but I focus on the four core intelligences that are essential for leaders. And that means leaders both of organizations and groups, and each of us as we are leaders in our own life. We are leaders to the extent that we are a role model to all of those we touch. So leadership demands, first, physical intelligence. If I don't take care of my body, I will undermine all of my other intelligences. So you can imagine that if you don't get enough sleep, if you don't eat well, if you don't take care of your health, you will be irritated and not able to think clearly. If you don't take care of just at least enough of your physical intelligence, you're not going to show up with the best IQ. You're not going to show up with your best emotional intelligence, which is your interpersonal skills. And you're certainly not going to show up with the highest level intelligence, which is spiritual intelligence. So these build, and and I think of them as having a developmental component to them, with physical intelligence being the thing we work on first after we're born, because we have to learn how to focus our eyes and roll over, crawl, walk, run. There's physical mastery of our body involved. But as we go through life, it remains the foundational, the bottom of the pyramid, if you think of it that way, 
because of all those things I said, if we neglect our sleep, if we neglect exercise, if we don't take care of our body, our body is the vehicle for the other intelligences. We then go to school, and school focuses primarily on IQ development. That's usually not an issue for people who have access to good educational systems. We will work the heck out of our IQ development. But we don't often get trained in interpersonal skills, and relationships are often where people derail when they first start working. It can derail marriages. It can make it hard to be a parent. And then when we get to our next segment, we can talk about the top of the pyramid, you need some EQ to develop your SQ, and we can talk about what that is. Great. Thank you. So at this point, we're going to go to break. This is uh, Maureen Metcalf with Cindy Wigglesworth talking about spiritual intelligence and how, how important it is to be spiritually intelligent as a foundation for leadership. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Cindy Wigglesworth, and we're talking about spiritual intelligence and how it impacts our ability to be effective leaders. So, Cindy, you were walking through the intelligences 
and we you talked about physical intelligence, IQ, and you left off with EQ and SQ. So can we move through those now? Sure. So emotional intelligence, the shorthand for that is it's what we need to have to have good interpersonal skills. We've probably all met people who are super, super bright, high IQ, lousy interpersonal skills. And often they are mystified by why people don't take them up on their recommendations, why they get negative performance feedback, that sort of thing. EQ is a very important skill set, and it's foundational for spiritual intelligence. It has three crucial pieces. The first is empathy. The second is emotional self-awareness. And the third is emotional self-control. So I'm going to start with emotional self-awareness. Emotional self-awareness means I can name my emotions. I'm aware of them. I feel them. And I can name them. And I can understand what triggers them. This is a really important beginning point for empathy. Because if I can't understand my own emotions, I don't understand that I'm angry, that this thing I'm feeling in my body right now is anger, this other thing that I'm feeling is anxiety, and this other thing that I'm feeling is sadness or joy, if I can't make those distinctions, I'm not going to read other people well. Understanding, empathizing with other people is a crucial part of the dance of humanity and how we develop our social skills. So Emotional self-awareness is crucial for empathy. Emotional self-awareness is also crucial for emotional self-control. If I know that when I feel this thing in my body that's coming on, it's like I'm getting angry, I can feel it, I have a chance to breathe and calm myself down and manage my anger more appropriately. If I'm in unconscious reaction to my emotional triggers, I'm going to be acting out and reacting and I will have a very poor result in terms of my interpersonal skills. In terms of interpersonal skills, it's a crucial piece of being a good leader, a good team member, a good spouse, a good parent, but it's also a a foundational piece for spiritual intelligence. And I guess at this point, should I just jump in and define what I mean by spiritual intelligence? Yeah, I think that would be helpful. Okay. So when I was trying to describe this, I was looking at the people that are typically, when you ask like large groups of people, which I've been doing for years, who do you admire as a spiritual leader? Who do you think of as a spiritual exemplar? The same kinds of people would come up, Buddha, Jesus, the Dalai Lama, you know, a whole variety of people might get listed, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa. There's probably, I probably had over 100 people be named, but there's a theme. And then I ask, well, what are the characteristics? Because I'm really less interested in the names than I'm interested in the characteristics. And the characteristics that come up that people are pointing towards are things like humble, courageous, compassionate, wise, nonviolent, peaceful, able to stay the course even when things are incredibly difficult. Now, as I'm naming those characteristics, you're probably hearing a strong overlap with your leadership framework, aren't you? I am. (laughs) So your leadership 2050 framework ends up having very strong overlap with the characteristics of SQ. But kind of getting back to what is SQ, I was trying to define it. At the beginning of my research, I had to first point towards the people who exemplify this intelligence. I then had to say, what is different from 
IQ and EQ, because if it's already been described, I don't want to re-describe it. And then I want to have a summary statement, what is spiritual intelligence, and then I want to describe the skills. The summary statement I ended up initially landing on was that these people embody love. But the word love in English is a problematic word. It's very sloppy how we use it. We say, I love pizza, and I love ice cream, and I love my children, and, you know, it's just used for too many things. It doesn't have a specific enough meaning. So I found a proverb from the Eastern traditions, and it says that love is a bird with two wings. One wing is compassion. The other wing is wisdom. If either wing is broken, the bird cannot fly. And I got goosebumps when I read that definition. I thought that's concrete and specific enough without being too hard to understand. So compassion, the best of the heart, wisdom, the best of the mind, come together in loving action. If you put that together, then you can then define spiritual intelligence. So what I now say is that spiritual intelligence is the ability to behave with wisdom and compassion while maintaining inner and outer peace, regardless of the circumstances. Now, the word behave is crucial because this is not about loving people in theory. This is about showing up with the skills of compassion and wisdom and maintaining our peace in everyday life. The more difficult it is, the more saintly you are for being able to maintain your inner peace and to stay in that loving place. So that was the definition I came to. And then I went about a process of describing what ended up being 21 skills that characterize these exemplary people, and each of these 21 skills is then further broken down into novice level to intermediate level to expert level of skill attainment. The high-level summary, because we're not going to go through all 21 of these skills today, is it's the ability to shift from being focused on my ego self, the small me, to living from my highest, noblest self, Some people might call that their soul or their spirit. Other people might not like that language and just want to stick with higher self. We use synonyms very generously. We let people bring the words they're comfortable with to it. But the goal is, what does it take to grow up, to mature in the adult development framework to get to the level of your 2050 leadership framework? That level of skill attainment and to demonstrate the ability to behave with wisdom, compassion, while maintaining inner and outer peace. I love the idea that you talk about, again, bringing wisdom into the definition of spirituality. So it, it in my mind, takes it out of just heart, mm-hmm. which would be preferencing in a way that could lead us into behaving less effectively. So looking at concrete behaviors and using the synthesis of heart and mind to propel me forward to right action. Yes, it's a a complex balancing act. requires a lot of ability to be self-aware and self-reflective to look at my own motivations. Am I intervening to, quote-unquote, help you because your life situation is actually causing me distress. So I'm actually not helping you, I'm helping me 
because you're not living your life in a way that's making me comfortable. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in and intervene in your life so that you will look more like me so that I will feel comfortable. You have to have a lot of self-honesty mm-hmm. and humility about the fact that our motives are always complex. There are lower levels of ourself, and I don't want to destroy those voices, but there's aspects inside of me that are taking care of lower-level needs. And then there are aspects or voices or parts of myself, my higher nature, that can truly see with a wiser perspective and are as much likely to do things that will be sustainably successful, whether you talk about sustainable success in the workplace or success in terms of social change. You know, I like that you talk about each of those parts, and I would say each is important, right? If I'm not showering, I'm not going to be showering on a regular basis. I'm not Mm going to be an effective leader. So I need to attend to my daily hygiene needs as well as I need to attend to my higher conceptual spiritual pull. Yes, and there's so much um, beauty and complexity in the approach to all of this. Uh, You and I both are familiar with the tool called polarity management where Mm -hmm. we can see that like inhaling and exhaling, It's not an either-or choice. It's a pulsing between inhaling and exhaling. Mm -hmm. Self-care and other care is like that. Oftentimes people get lost in the spiritual uh, impulse to totally focus on others, and that is a place where you can get lost and actually undermine your goal because you wear yourself out. You are physically and emotionally and psychologically and spiritually burned out at some point, and then you give up or withdraw or become mean or get sick. Caring for self, and that includes our body, is part of the spiritual journey. So I want to divert for just a minute. You mentioned earlier self-awareness, and I'm hearing the theme through everything you're saying now, and yet I think you and I had similar backgrounds that when someone first asked me what was I feeling, uh, my therapist had to hand me a piece of paper with words because I yeah. couldn't have identified a feeling. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. I couldn't either, you know, and I would answer the question when I first got into therapy. I'd get that question. And I'd go, well, I think blah, 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 and I would proceed to analyze the problem. <laughs> and the therapist would just smile at me and say, I didn't ask you what you thought. I asked you what you felt. And I finally figured out this was a question I was going to get every week. So if I wanted to pass the test, and I always want to pass the test, <laughs> then I better figure out what it was I was supposed to be knowing. I had to build my own spreadsheet. I went home and built a spreadsheet of every emotions word I could find, and I alphabetized that thing. And before I went to my therapy sessions, I would think, and I would say, okay, here's the story I need to share with him this week. What am I feeling about that? I'm feeling disappointment. I'm feeling anxiety. I I would circle the words. (laughs) So, yeah, it can be quite a journey, and that's the journey of emotional self-awareness which was a precursor to me learning to have empathy with other people. Once I could understand the interior domain of my psyche, I could read other faces and body language and tone of voice much more accurately. And empathy is, of course, a foundation for compassion. No empathy, no compassion. Compassion is like the next step beyond empathy. So the reason I bring that up for our listeners is I think many people assume that you and I and others were just born with something 
and they don't seem to have it, so they discount this whole line of emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence. And yet, I think both of us have worked incredibly hard to build that inner awareness. And then when I started to know what was going on in there, I didn't really like it so much. And I kind of wished I could shut that door and, and still do on occasion wish I could shut the door. So it's an Yes, ongoing... it's a noisy chorus in there. Um, over time, it becomes less distressing. But initially, it can be like, yuck, I don't want to be present to all this chatter. That's why I try to be, I'm a big Star Trek fan, so I kind of idealized Mr. Spock and the Vulcans, and I thought they had the story worked out. You know, logic. Logic's the answer. Just shut this emotional stuff down. But we're not biologically wired for that. It doesn't work. It backfires. We need to feel our emotions, and if we want to have a prayer of good social skills, we have to deal with this. Without social skills, there's really not going to be the ability for spiritual intelligence, so all of this works together. And frankly, without the social skills, there's not a prayer that we're going to be an effective leader either. That's very true, because unless you figure out how to lead an army of androids, and, you know, it's basically they're doing the work and they don't get their feelings hurt when you boss them around, um, it's just not going to work. We may unconsciously select some of those people for our teams, but, yeah, we <laughs> Not that I would, should admit that. So let's go back to the framework before I get myself yes. in trouble. Um, tell us more about SQ21. Yeah, so my goal with this was to create a roadmap for myself first. I mean, I hate to sound so selfish about it, but it's like, how do I get to where I want to be? If I could describe these skills the way emotional intelligence has done it, like from the most entry level to the expert level in each of these skills, maybe I'm not going to become Gandhi, but maybe I could be a little more like Gandhi, you know, take one step in that direction. could be a little more compassionate, a little more wise, a little less easily triggered. One of the ways I differentiate between EQ and SQ is that EQ helps you name and sort of manage your anger. SQ helps you get at the triggers of your anger and helps you get rid of some of the triggers. Unless you are a saint, I don't think you get rid of all your triggers, but it's like things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. Not everything, but some things, you know, like crazy people on roadways and traffic and things like that. So by working on my mental assumptions and the stories I'm telling, which are interpretations of reality, I back up the story my ego is telling about, oh, it shouldn't be this way and she shouldn't act that way and he shouldn't have said that. and The should, 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 should is exhausting. And if I realize I've inherited those, then I can challenge them and tell another story. Yeah, there's some statistics about the five minutes of negative thinking causes six hours of physiological negative impact. So those stories really exhaust our bodies. They do, and we can get into what I think is called recursive thinking or looping, where we just keep repeating the same thought and negative story again and again and again, and we can make ourselves sick, shorten our lifespan, and ruin our relationships by getting in these traps. So I think finding the pathway out is really important. So SQ, it sounds like the biggest business case or the biggest argument for this is not only will I be a better leader, but I'm actually going to be healthier and easier to be around. Amen. 
Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at VoiceAmericaTRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN or follow along with us at VoiceAmericaTRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Cindy Wigglesworth, and you're listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, Cindy's talking about the spiritual intelligence framework and how it connects to leadership. So now let's go into the research, because, Cindy, I know that you've invested a great deal of money and time in creating an assessment that is statistically validated by itself and also cross-correlated with other work, including with the MAP assessment by Suzanne Cookwriter. Yeah, so for me, there was an ethics issue, an authenticity issue for me. It's like, I'm not going to go out and just ramble on unless I have some research to show that I, with due diligence, have figured out that there is at least something here. And I hired PhDs who are trained in statistical methodologies to do the initial um, alpha and beta pilots that we did the crucial piece of research from the beta pilot was, do we have a positive age correlation with these skills as we had described them and we built this questionnaire that you know, helps people self-assess, did we find a positive age correlation? If we did not, we would be showing that we had a character trait or an innate trait like left-handedness, right-handedness that you're just born with, not that it's a skill that you build over a lifetime. We found a very positive strong age correlation. So that was my first, whew, okay, good, this is a skill, because skills can build over your lifetime. Age doesn't guarantee that you will develop the skill, 
but you need years of practice to develop the skill. So that was my first big whew. We then went through what is called a construct validation. Too complicated to go in right now, but basically it verified that we were measuring what we thought we were measuring. And then the third big push on the research was to do the cross-correlation with Suzanne Cook-Greuter's work. My hypothesis was that SQ would be highly related to leadership, to leadership effectiveness, and that the MAP, the Maturity Assessment Profile, had been used in leadership settings and shown that higher stages on the Maturity Assessment Profile, higher stages of adult development, were positively correlated with the ability to deal with highly complex transformative change situations. And the world is, of course, loaded with complexity these days. So we have Suzanne Cook-Greuter's assessment already shown to have a positive correlation to leadership effectiveness. If I could correlate my assessment to hers, it would at least show that my hypothesis might be correct, that SQ appears to be related to higher stages of adult development. We did a lovely piece of research, had enough data points to have good validity, and we did find a strong positive relationship between higher scores on the SQ-21 and higher stage assessment on the maturity assessment profile. My hypothesis about how these things relate is that you need emotional intelligence to get to kind of the middle stages of effective leadership, but to get to the higher stages of effective leadership, the strategist and beyond, for example, in her language, requires SQ. So EQ and SQ can be helpful earlier, but as you go further up, EQ becomes absolutely essential in the middle, and SQ as an additive to EQ becomes essential for the higher stages. Um, We were only testing SQ scores, but my hypothesis so far is holding up. And I I can speak to a, a few of us in the research community have been tested and I believe that those of us at the later stages of Suzanne's map also had higher levels of SQ. Yes. So it's a uh, necessary but not sufficient criteria to say high SQ is not going to guarantee high stage, but high stage requires SQ. So if I'm focusing on, as a leader, moving through the, the vertical stages... Mm-hmm. then SQ is absolutely a, a framework that is invaluable to my development. It is. And it's really invaluable kind of if you even just look at the description of the skills, it becomes like, oh, yeah, of course I need this. <laughs> you know? it's, it includes basic skills like skill one is being aware of my own worldview, my own perspective, and skill seven, which is being aware of other people's worldviews. And this builds humility, perspective-taking, and complexity of thinking. It enables us, if you're going to trade in a global marketplace, for example, to see more clearly the perspective of all your potential stakeholders, your customers, your suppliers, and to see it not through just the filter of your own worldview, your own viewpoint, your own perspective, but to genuinely role reverse. And that is a hard Thing to do. It requires the willingness to let go of being right. My view is right. Any other view is wrong. You just realize my view is just my view. It's partial and it's not complete. 
and this other person's perspective is important for me to understand, not just cognitively, but also with my heart. And so that skill, skills one and seven, understanding my perspective, my own worldview, and understanding the worldviews of others, if that was all we built, what a better planet we would have. I'm just thinking of people with whom I work in my little corner of the world and how important it is. Probably one of the biggest skills I've learned is to shut up when I disagree Mm -hmm. and gather more information. Yeah, shut up and listen is what I often say to myself. I have this little mantra when I feel this urge to interrupt and to speak my truth, like I need to tell you how I feel. Wait a minute, take a breath. There's no harm coming from this. You can listen with your mind and your heart. What's going on here? Maybe you'll learn something. Well, and, and yeah, I appreciate that because I, I'm thinking of an incident recently where I was pretty angry at someone on my team and found I, I had misunderstood what was happening. And I could have. Oh, I hate it when that happens. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's why I say just shut up first. I got tired of being embarrassed and I got tired of being wrong. I don't like either of those experiences. So I decided maybe there was some value to being the listener and really listening, like seeking to understand. You know, Stephen Covey has that saying, seek first to understand. And I think that's a beautiful saying. It's probably much better than shut up first. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds more elegant, but it's just, it requires the shutting up part, so that's good. Um, you know, so my, I have this little four-step process. I have a nine-step process in the book, which is my spiritual weightlifting practice in general, but there's a four-step shortcut because nine steps is a lot to remember, and it spells soul, S-O-U-L, stop, whatever it is on my impulses, whether it is to uh, talk, interrupt, get angry, whatever, stop, Observe what's going on. Seek to understand. You is for understanding. Really deeply understanding the other perspective on this. Understanding your own ego. Understanding that you're activated and that's okay, but also understanding the other person has an ego and they're probably activated. And what is their perspective? I don't know the whole story. I learned to be much more imaginative about what might be going on in this other person's life. It probably has nothing to do with me or little to do with me, but I'm making it all personal, so stop it. Mm-hmm. So stop the reaction. Oh, observe what's going on. Just calm down. Be mindful. Seek to understand. That's the you. And then L, find a loving response, which is both compassionate and wise. So my shorthand spiritual practice to do this SQ thing is the S-O-U-L, stop, observe, understand deeply, and find the loving response the best you can. If I had known that years ago, it would have kept me out of so much trouble. The and me. But, you know, that's what I wrote the framework for, which I hope is a piece of my life legacy to make other people's lives a little bit easier if they can look at this in a skills-based way and say, oh, you know, now that it's broken down this way, It's not creepy. It's not weird. It's not about my beliefs. It's about skills. I can develop these skills. Well, I think that's one of the things, so many things about your framework I appreciate. One is that there are practical practices, everything from talking about feelings and doing the list and the spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and learning to identify them to the soul practice and many others that you have in your book that, that, 
makes it learnable for mm-hmm. people who are busy. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? The, the book has a description, an overall description of what do we mean by these terms, like defining spirituality. That's usually the first thing that has to be addressed. How is spirituality different than religion? Religion is a set of specific beliefs and practices. Spirituality is a global term. It's this innate human need. We're not focusing on religion, although you can have a religion and bring your religion to this. You do not need to have a religion. So we get really clear on our terms. We talk about what spirituality is, what spiritual intelligence is, and then we start launching into what are the four intelligences, how are they related to each other, and then specifically let's get into the 21 skills. And so we go through each of the four quadrants. These break into four quadrants. How do I become more aware of my higher self voice, be less driven by my ego self, how do I become more in touch with other people's perspectives, perceive more broadly the interconnectedness of all life, which is such a nourishing perspective to take, how can I sustain faith in something larger than myself when things get really difficult, and how can I show up in the fourth quadrant making wise and compassionate decisions being an effective teacher, an effective change agent, being a calming and healing presence, and being more aligned with what is happening, more sort of intuitively aligned with what is already in flow, and aligning with that versus trying to fight against what is happening in the larger um, web of life. So that, out, that is explained in, in much more detail, and then we go into this nine-step process, which includes some more specifics about how do you stop, how do you take long, slow, deep breaths, calm yourself, how do you shift from seeing the small, egoic story and finding the higher self, more loving perspective, and then the SOUL shortcut, um, and then some three general, what I call core practices to develop your spiritual intelligence. So that's that's the overview of the book. So you created originally papers that are on your website at deepchange.com. You've mm-hmm. got a, the papers are free. Mm-hmm. The book is reasonable. Book price. The book is very affordable. It's available in paperback. It's in about six or seven languages at this point. More coming out all the mm-hmm. time. And then the SQ assessment. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the SQ assessment is a self-assessment. I like to think of it as a conversation you are having with yourself. Please don't call it a test. It creates all kinds of anxiety. (laughs) It's just a conversation you have with yourself by answering these questions. As you answer the questions, the system, you complete the assessment, the system creates a score. You do get a score, but you also get a 20-page-ish report, very detailed, And then ideally, you would have a coaching session with a certified coach, such as you, Maureen, someone who knows how to debrief the assessment with you so that you don't focus on the numbers. The natural tendency is to get obsessive about, oh, I didn't score as highly as I should have, or I'm a bad person or whatever. That's not what this is about. It's about what is it that I am saying to myself? What is my higher self calling forth in me right now as I look at this report What is the next thing I want to work on? What is the next skill, the next skill I want to build? So you've created a pathway for people interested in, and that's really what I'm trying to get to, is if 
you're a listener who wants to learn more, there's a very clear and easy path. You can go to Cindy's website and read a paper first. You can go to our blog. We have several blog posts that reference SQ. You can then buy the book mm-hmm. and evaluate yourself against the criteria in the book and try the practices. And for those who are interested in ABLE, the assessment is reasonably priced, and that gives you more specific data. And if you seek coaching, then you have someone to advise you and and really help tailor and give you feedback because we all know we have our own biases that tend to get in our way. Yes, and it's wonderful just to have a thinking partner, someone who can say, well, you know, what feels true to you about this? What doesn't feel true? What would you like to work on? And just sort of help you take a deep breath and relax and feel loved in the process. So go to deepchange.com under resources, lots of free um, papers available, information available. I have two TEDx talks out there on YouTube. So there's lots of things people can look at. And all of this is connected to the leadership maturity framework. So as a leader, if I'm looking at becoming a more effective leader, I'm not choosing between I want to do the spiritual thing, but I don't have time because I'm busy at work, becoming a better leader, that by doing the, following the set steps that Cindy has set forth, you actually do become a better leader. Yes, my saying is lead yourself first with such authenticity and depth that other people will choose to follow. And it takes all four of these intelligences to become that person. So let's wrap up really quickly. Can you give us again the definition of SQ? Spiritual intelligence is the ability to behave with wisdom and compassion while maintaining inner and outer peace regardless of the situation. So I think that's a great way to end knowing, especially going into or or being in the midst of the holiday season, many of us are stressed to begin with, behaving with inner and behaving with wisdom and compassion, mind and heart, in every situation. So this is Maureen Metcalf with Cindy Wigglesworth. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And I invite you to take the next step if you've heard something from Cindy that is interesting or compelling that you go to deepchange.com, read a paper, purchase the book. It's on Amazon. It's on her website. And also email me. If you have questions or comments, please email at info at metcalf-associates.com. I love to hear your feedback, and I will personally answer your questions. So have a happy holiday season if you're listening to this live. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.